0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the God XP Spiritual Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Polanco. You can call me Aunt P if you prefer. I am very excited about our guest today. We have Miss Lana Pribick. She is the co-host and founder of Modern Psychedelic Podcast. She is a well-certified professional life coach, and she's got an upcoming masterclass and coaching program called Cycles of Change. So um very excited to talk to her today. She's an all-powerful woman. She has a passion and a purpose for helping people and uh, helping them transform from the inside out. So, um, Lana, very excited to have you here today. I'm an admirer of the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Thanks, Aunt P, for such <laughs> a beautiful introduction. I'm really well. I'm super excited to chat with you today and see what we get into.
0: Yeah, so... We were going to meet a couple days ago and the internet in Canada shut down. So Oh my gosh. <laughs> what happened and how was that?
1: I got to a cafe because I was like, I need to message Anthony and let him know that I can't make this podcast happen. And Rogers, one of the main service providers, just broke that day. And my phone and my home internet were Rogers, finally got to the internet. Um, finally got to the coffee shop where I could access some non Rogers internet was texting you. And I was like, this sounds so sketchy. I bet he's not going to believe me, <laughs> but the entire country just didn't have internet for a day if you were on Rogers. And then I just found out that the way that they're making it up for people is that they're giving them a $5 and 50 cent credit. On oh, their wow. next Bill. So very generous
0: <laughs> for the time you lost <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Wow. So that's insane. So if like you're running the podcast, you're doing a bunch of stuff, you're building your course. That's a that's like a really crazy wake-up call there.
1: Yeah. I was lucky to have made it to a coffee shop and I got some really solid work in and I was able to get into a flow state and get some stuff done that day, but it definitely threw my morning for a loop.
0: Yeah. So, um super excited to have you on. I've been admiring the podcast. I um, I was following some, I was following Dennis McKenna's, um, uh, podcasts around. He was doing like some guest spots. And so I started listening. And I found that's how I found your podcast. And I just, I love what you guys are doing. The website looks awesome. Your social looks, your social content looks awesome. And, um, uh, so like, how did you guys get into the podcast? Like, how do you, Did you do it to as like a personal education or were you just trying to like do something for like advertising? How did it come about?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you on the shout out for the design and the website. I did that all myself, believe it or not. And I had so much fun incorporating like this kind of like theme of like galactic. Meets like earth shaman vibes yeah, together because that's, that's what we're all about. So that was super a fun project for me. Um, in terms of how we got started, oh man, I was in the world of ayahuasca and plant medicine for some time, and I had been doing psychedelics like recreationally and had shifted from a kind of recreational, fun, raving party usage of psychedelics into a more intentional ceremonial healing setting. And naturally I'm like such an obsessive person. Like when I get into something, I get really into something. So I started noticing these life-changing benefits of psychedelics. Like for example, LSD helped me to quit smoking cigarettes and ayahuasca was really helping me during a time of like heartbreak and suicidal ideation and just lifting me out of that dark place by really softening the heart and just showing me like lifting the veil really I would Mm -hmm. say and so yeah I got really obsessed with like learning all about this was reading so many books consuming so much content about psychedelics and I just felt this like deep need and desire to share everything that I was learning with people and it was the start of the pandemic, March 2020, when so many of us started projects and things, Mm -hmm. seems like. And a couple of months before that, I was actually journaling and thinking about how I can get involved in the psychedelic space and kind of get like my foot in the door. like I don't know, just like be involved in it somehow. And I thought I would love to interview all of these people that I am reading stuff about and share that with the world and share this information with the world so that kind of came through in a journaling session and then a few months later in March 2020 I started the Instagram account it exploded like I think that was when psychedelics were not as talked about on Instagram and it was honestly like a luck of good timing yeah I think Yeah, like people really resonated with the content it was coming much more from like a heart space than a scientific lens, which I think really resonated with people. And I was just sharing my journey. I was just sharing everything that I was learning. And then I wanted to start the podcast, realized it was going to be so much work, put it out into the universe that I wanted to bring a partner on. And I was sharing this with my friend Zoe and I was like telling her that I was thinking of asking someone else to come do the podcast with me. And she was like, no, Lana, I would love to do that with you. Like she's also very involved with medicine work and psychedelics. So she volunteered herself and I didn't even think of asking her because I was like, oh, this woman's too busy. She would never want to put something else on her plate. And then That's how we came together and actually started producing the podcast. And it's been just the best adventure since then.
0: That's sick. Yeah, no, that's huge. You get two people together and that's just like a force multiplier. And you guys are both so strong and unique and passionate. And so that's really amazing. Yeah, I totally did, you know, the podcast for the same Reasons is just like, how can you one codify what you want to study and just like keep documenting it in a way that allows you to look back on it and to learn from it, but also um, just increase your surface area of connection with people in the industry and get to know more people? And I think like these conversations that you can have with people who are either leaders or teachers um, in any field, it's just the ability to not only synthesize like experience in just like an hour or two, and like spread that to as many people as possible, but like it's yeah, it's just an amazing opportunity to capture some knowledge that's from unique experience that someone has, and scale that to a lot of people at once. And uh, the value of that that it's brought me has just been immense. I I can't stop doing it now.
1: Yeah, it's podcasting as a medium is just the best. I'm sure we share such a mutual love for it. But yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Like there's such a power and a ripple effect in sharing something from the heart. And from a place of just genuine curiosity and love for it versus sharing something from a place of like, I think people will find this interesting and it'll be good for my metrics. Like that's always been the space that we came from in modern psychedelics. Like we rarely take guest pitches. That's always the place that we've come from with modern psychedelics is, yeah, we rarely take guest pitches and we really select people who feel energetically aligned and aligned with the message that we're sharing and the mission that we are on. And that's energy in a place that you come from that, like, the vibes don't lie. People can Mm -hmm. pick up on it. People can tell when you're sharing from a heart space versus a space of, um, like, ego or that kind of like logical a plus b equals c way so yeah
0: so like how like do you feel yourself ever trying to break through that with your guests like how can i get them straight to their vulnerable space like because in the beginning there's all this like okay i gotta make sure i ask them about their product I gotta make sure i ask them about their upcoming thing but like i well in most conversations, you're starting from the head space and you work yourself back down to the heart mm. space. And so, like, do you feel yourself kind of leading that when you're doing the podcast?
1: Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. Like, going from the head down to the heart, it like, it flows down. And there's definitely that flow to it where... You start on the surface and dig deeper and deeper. And then all of a sudden, like you're there and they're open and they're vulnerable and they're sharing and it's amazing. And then you're like at 45 minutes and thinking, oh, crap, I should have booked them for two hours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's, I it's think funny is you don't know what is that like, where's the hidden gem going to come from? Is it going to come from just talking about personal life or is it going to come from really trying to dissect um, their expertise in questions like as quickly as possible
1: yeah I think yeah that's a good question I think people give us what we put out like we get there's a reciprocity that happens when you're in conversation with someone whether it's on a podcast or not on a podcast and hmm. I think like in terms of the way questions are asked questions that are asked and just like the energy, the tone, the mannerisms, the emotional connection between you and someone is very clear. And if you are vulnerable and you are honest and you are authentic, it's much more likely that others will meet you in that way. And it's so interesting because we're on Riverside right now, so I can see you. When we record, we use Zencaster and we don't even use video. So there's this whole other layer of connecting only through voice that's Mm. really special
0: yeah that's really interesting i think like there's been times there's been certain episodes where i've recorded looking straight into the camera the entire time or without the screen on so so that i can deliver my 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 sight straight into the lens and then other times when i've spent looking at you looking straight at you the whole time and uh, i don't know if people realize how much sacrifice is happening on the end of the recording of whether for you guys, using just your ears, you're having to concentrate and focus a lot of your energy on directing the conversation. Here, a lot of podcasters, they look straight into the lens, even though there's video. So they don't actually get to see the expressions and the reactions. So you're enjoying this podcast. You've got something to do after. You've got something to do later. So you're enjoying this podcast and you've got something to do later. Well, look, times are hard. It takes a long time. you got to get in your car to go somewhere do something. So you're enjoying this podcast, but you've got a lot to do today. Time's going by. Days fly by. Lots to do. Time in the car, driving, getting your clothes on, getting your kids ready for school. You need something to get you through the day. Damn it, I wish I had it with me. I don't have it. Okay, so then it's not going to be mojo, it's going to be, what would you do if today was the last day for you? If you got walked outside your door and you got clipped, taken out, something hit you in the head, done. Okay, ready? So you're enjoying this podcast and you want to know, how can I get more? Where can I go to the next day? So you're enjoying this podcast. Look, you enjoy the podcast. You're wondering how to get more. Where can I go deeper? Did you enjoy this podcast? So are you enjoying the podcast? Because if so, hey, you're enjoying the podcast and you're wondering, how can I take this one step further? How can I dive deeper into this kind of stuff? that's the God XP community. We've been building it and growing it progressively a long time uh, along the Fuck. Okay. Yo, you're considering so you enjoy the podcast, and you want to know how to take the next step? How can you get deeper in this stuff? You know, we've been growing a community alongside the podcast one person at a time, and it's gotten pretty poppin' now. We've been doing this for a while. So I invite you to take part in the community. You can get lifetime access to the community right now for a limited time with purchase of any GodXP course, so highly recommend it. You can also purchase community access on its own, but it's definitely recommended that you get it for free by signing up for a course. So that you can feel like a part of the fellowship because everyone in there right now, for the most part, not everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but the majority of them came from a course started with a course. So they got some good training and some bonding in that. And uh, I highly recommend you have that experience as well. But of course, you're invited to just purchase the community, get in, watch all the free content. There's free meditation videos in there. There's a bunch of free articles and uh, interesting other videos. So can meet people who are interested in expanding themselves and um, figuring out what life's all about for them as well and uh, it's just a great place to make friends friendships are going down and uh, it's just a great place to be in these times when there's a lot of negativity in communities online and uh, this is a place where like world changers are getting together you know and powering up so i highly recommend if you love the show go where other people love the show you know Meet other people who are into this show. That's what I would recommend. Go to com slash community and find out more.
1: But again, like voice is so telling energy is so telling you would be surprised at how much you can get out of someone through just video or through just audio.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds exciting and interesting. I can already imagine like what taking away that layer um how much more engaged do you become in listening to the inflection and stuff so has there been like um has there been any struggles or challenges with running the podcast have you guys considered dropping it at any point
1: we haven't considered dropping it at any point um We love what we do. We love speaking to people and we love learning so much from these incredible people that we get to talk to. So that hasn't come up. I would say that the biggest struggle for me personally has been overcoming these blocks around really speaking my truth and showing up really authentically. And this is correlated with my ayahuasca journey where I have had multiple ceremonies Focused on the throat. I have had this chronic condition in my throat that is undiagnosed and that no one can tell me what it is. Um, Since I can remember, and since I've started sitting with ayahuasca and getting these messages to speak my truth and to be in my power with my voice and to allow myself to be seen and heard in that way, it's crazy, but this condition has gotten a little bit better. It's not fully healed yet, but it's definitely improved, I would say, like 50%. And for me, going from someone who didn't really have a platform in this way to someone who suddenly thousands of people were listening to every week was really scary. And the way I've been able to overcome that is to be authentic and true to myself and to Mm -hmm. trust myself and it's been such a journey and such a process but I think that things come in to our lives at the most divine time and this is the lesson that I'm meant to learn right now yeah and I hope yeah I hope my only hope is that by sharing this by sharing my experience that others can also relate to it and um, find some comfort and expansion and know that it's also possible for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's so, it's the thing that, it's, I had a podcast guest, the most previous guest, Cheryl Stelta, she's, um she works with, she's an energy healer. She works with like chakra energy healing. And she said that one of the common um, problems that creative people have is the throat chakra, the blockage and uh, something with self-expression. like It's funny, it's like a paradox in a way because we're the ones who are on the stage and so people would assume that we are the ones with the least amount of problems with that. And, yeah. uh, but I think that because of that exposure to self-expression, repeated exposure to self-expression, it can cause a lot of problems. I I, coincidentally or not, I have a neck injury that I haven't been able to get rid of. Um, It happened in jujitsu over a year ago, almost two years ago now. And I heal really fast, but this thing has just not gone away. Mm -hmm. And uh, despite all the therapy and rehab I've done. And so um, I was talking to her on the podcast previously, and she was um, saying, like, that could be another thing where, like, because I was telling her about kind of my problems with self expression and kind of denying myself self-expression or expression of my truth she said a lot of that could also have to the injury not healing could have to do with that blockage of self-expression and maybe once i get that out then maybe the injury will finally go away
1: yeah also wonder if since it's on your back if it has to do with expression of the past something in the past Mm, i don't know interesting yeah might be something to think about
0: yeah what i was telling her was i was carrying a lot of um Like, shame from my past, from being so self-expressive, like, as a kid, and then realizing that I was, like, hogging everyone's attention and being selfish in relationships in that way. And so, realizing that gave me a lot of shame and made me, like, shut this part down. And uh, kind of starting the podcast, the same thing. It's like a, it's been a vehicle for me to express myself and feel comfortable doing that. And I think over time, that part of me is opening up more and more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It sounds like it hasn't been fully forgiven or integrated into the now, but yeah, it's going like through a... the process of doing this podcast, I'm sure that's creating a healing for you from the past.
0: Absolutely. I think when you think about how you can be the most self-expressive, you think back to when you were a kid, right? And how before all the people's opinions started to shape your identity. And I think that's what that inner child is like, what we all want to express in ourselves. And the true full expression of our self would be like how we were when we were kids, not being afraid or ashamed to be ourselves.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I think following your passion, pursuing your, I guess your, your life meaning or pursuing your passion from your heart space is like a way that you can actively work towards that, getting back to that place of just creating or being um like you did when you were a kid yeah
1: yeah one of our guests said this i think it was sam Cabert. i don't remember but i remember someone said it's not hard work it's heart work and <laughs> i love that i love using that as a reminder of how to approach one's work or one's role one's job in the world from the heart work
0: yeah totally it's like um so it's really awesome to to hear that i wanted to tie that back into what i was about to say before was how that's the connecting thread and people in the podcast and leaders of any kind of mission or movement is overcoming something in their lives or and wanting to use that to help people and um just making their life mission about helping people i think we all have this like innate desire to help others um and so I think people who lead these, who lead any kind of movement or any kind of idea in any industry, they're really doing it from a place of wanting to help someone, whether it was who they were in the past or just anyone they've seen struggling along their way. Um, is that what you notice when you're doing your podcast as well? Like, Is that one of the common threads that you, that everyone's paradigm is, I want to help, I want to help others?
1: Yeah, I think you hit on like very much a human desire, a human driver is that we do, a lot of us have this innate desire to help others. And I think learning how to help others in a way that is healthy and sustainable and actually supportive to them is a journey in itself. Because the truth is that you can't really help someone that doesn't want to be helped and you can't really help someone who isn't ready for a change or transformation in their life. And I think sometimes what I see in the healing space, in the wellness space, in the psychedelic space, in the spiritual space, is that we sometimes get these spiritual egos, which nothing wrong with. I think they're a rite of passage. I think it's okay. Like we all have to go through this time of having a spiritual ego and shifting our ego from these externally motivated things into spirituality and and helping people. Um, but what happens then is that our desire to help others is not necessarily coming from a desire to actually want to See someone in a better place as much as it is coming from a desire to display things that we've learned or things that we know or to like display our genius or our power in a way. And I think that's where it can get messy. So, what I love about podcasts is that people come to you. Of course, you're going to market and promote your podcast episodes, but you can't like go to someone's house, take out their phone, put their headphones in and make them listen to a podcast episode. And I think that's why it's such an effective form of like, quote unquote, helping people or reaching people is because they make the decision to listen to it themselves. And then if you have some sort of call to action, they can make a decision to go further. Um, But when we're coming from a place of like, I want to help people. I want to help people so much that I don't even acknowledge or see, or like I'm not even awake to the fact that this person is not ready to be helped. Yeah, This person is not open for transformation. Then we're coming from a place of spiritual ego. Because we're not actually seeing the other person. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really fine line. Um, And yeah, as like I (laughs) had a whole like codependency recovery journey, which was a whole thing in and of itself, but really coming to the place of acknowledging other people as their own sovereign beings who come to you when they're ready for that and offering what you have to offer in a very detached way and asking permission to offer advice (laughs) that's my coaching hat but always asking permission um is the pieces of the puzzle that i have picked up along the way and it's a never-ending journey of learning how to help people in the healthiest way but yeah that's what i've learned in my few years of doing this
0: yeah that's awesome yeah that's so true yeah this quote comes to mind that like i can't remember who said it though but like something like there's nothing more annoying than there's nothing more annoying to a person than being completely understood like no one wants to be told that you understand exactly what they're going through because we're each having our own unique experience and uh that's um goes back to that just like also with the podcast like it's such a high buy-in you have to really want to hear what someone has to say to listen to it in a long form conversation. Um, So the people who need this, they're not doing it because they think it's cool or because it'll improve their identity. They're thirsty, hungry for something that's um, in their environment, just not there. Just a word from someone who um, is doing something that maybe they want to do or a message from someone who's two steps ahead of where they want to be one day. That's kind of like getting free mentorship, but in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people who do one-on-one work with clients, coaches, consultants, they're that's usually the case. They're like two steps ahead of their clients, or their clients are past versions of themselves. And there's mm-hmm. this energetic renaissance. Re, um, sorry, there's this energetic resonance where both the client and the coach or the mentor understand that and they see that that. You're both on the same journey and the um mentor or coach has been there done that but not always the case but we tend to draw in as coaches as consultants as professionals we tend to draw in past versions of ourselves
0: yeah not in every way right like in in that's like in one way like you can learn so much from someone but i think the problem becomes when like we idolize someone and try to copy like everything that they do. I think like when you can go to a coach and learn like what they are uniquely obsessed about, that's priceless, that kind of thing. Mm. So what, was there a moment in your life where if you look back, you would, you could see that you were going to be like coaching and doing, being a life coach and having a podcast, talking about psychedelics, like when you were a kid, was there a moment when you thought like, I want to help people or I want to help people transform or I want to speak to people? Where did that come from?
1: (sighs) Well, it definitely didn't come from childhood. I, as a kid, wanted to be like an actor at one point. I really, like I went to school for theater studies initially before dropping out of that program. Um, So this is something that, feels pretty new to me. And to be really honest with you, I actually, when I signed up for my coaching program through IPEC, I kind of did it because I wanted that transformation that I knew was going to happen as a result of going through this program. I had a friend Mm -hmm. who went through it and she said, uh, my podcast co-host, she said, Lana, This program, like you have to completely gut yourself and put yourself back together. And I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. Sign me up. And when I signed up, um I didn't fully believe that I could be a coach. I didn't fully see myself being able to hold space for someone else's transformation. And I just lacked the confidence. And going through the program, it was it's actually longer than nine months. It was almost a year long. I Gained all of these tools and skills, and like actually started coaching people and getting coached and gutting myself and putting myself back together. And there was a point throughout the program, probably about halfway through, where I was like, wow, okay, I'm actually really good at this. I think this is my zone of genius, and like I'm going all in on this. So that was the process. And then even before that, I wanted to, like, I knew I wanted to work one on one with people through some sort of modality in healing or personal growth and development and i actually wanted to go to school to become a spiritual psychotherapist and then i discovered coaching and was like oh no this is more my jam yeah that's awesome that's
0: so cool so now you're doing life coaching and um what were you doing before like why like so you've been coaching for how long and what were you doing before
1: So I got my certification, like officially got my certification in March. Um, So I've been coaching for about a year because Mm -hmm. through my program, we get training and we coach a lot. And then before that, I was working at a startup in the psychedelic space, which I left as soon as I got my certification because I was super unhappy. And then before that, I was working as like a marketing consultant. And then before that, I did grad school. I got my master's in economics. Um, So random. Um, But I got my master's in economics, hated it, didn't want anything to do with it, and actually served tables. I was a waitress for wow. about a year and a half, which my parents were not thrilled about. We all, we are all going to find our way in our own divine timing that's all i have to say about that
0: yeah no it's good varied experience that's super good super beneficial in life yeah that's cool yeah okay so so it all comes together um um so what about the the so i saw that you do muay thai where did your fascination for that come from
1: well, when you just mentioned jujitsu, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I really want to talk about martial <laughs> arts." <laughs> so I'm glad that's you brought like a, this that's,
0: up. It's not easy to walk into a muay thai class or to do a muay thai class. So, so I got to hear like how that came about.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, it's just completely changed my life. Is how I want to start the story, but I don't know. I was always interested in trying boxing, and it was like this inner desire that I had. I was like, it looks cool. Like, So for I'm those just... who
0: don't know, Muay Thai is Thai boxing. It's yep. boxing and kicking and elbows and knees. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's really badass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're interested in boxing?
1: I really wanted to try it. Had an ex-boyfriend, taught me like a few things, but never took it seriously. And then I started my fitness journey like 3.0 in November of 2021. And things had been like going well for several months. I was starting to see some changes. I was like starting to love working out. And I was like, I need to switch it up. Saw someone at my gym getting a boxing lesson. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. Walked up to the guy at my gym. And I was like, can you teach me boxing? And he was like, Um, yeah, sure. I can teach you Muay Thai. It's almost the same thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And (laughs) he like, we are in the first lesson and he's like, okay, so Muay Thai is like boxing, but with knees and elbows and kicks. And I was like, okay, that sounds weird. Like I just want to learn boxing. Anyways, by like week two, I was absolutely hooked, (laughs) like so obsessed after at the age of 31 to finally find a sport that I was just so excited about and made me understand people's obsession with fitness. And I had tried like literally every sport under the sun from tennis to volleyball, to flag football, to lacrosse, to soccer, to like everything. And I finally like feel like I found my thing.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel the same way with jujitsu. Like I I loved basketball, but it was when I took my first jujitsu class, I thought, why didn't I know about this my entire life? Like there's, there's no better, I'm sure Muay Thai feels the exact same way. There's no better exercise than to like, there's something so primal about yes. just like a combat training that it's a feeling that you get, like, it's a feeling like no other exercise. You can run. I don't care how much you run. You, I don't care how much you lift weights. It You cannot get it. You, it's... It's something tough. That, it's tough. It's extreme. Oh, and Muay Thai is extremely tough. I've done a few um, Muay Thai sessions. That, not a lot by any means, but it's its own beast. And the way that your legs, your shins feel from kicking slightly wrong—like my shin hurt one time for like oh a month. I had a spot on my shin that was just so tender. Yeah. So, 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 how do you, how are you liking it? What is your like? What are your what's your Muay Thai philosophy so (laughs) far?
1: I love this um I love that we're talking about this right now (laughs) because I want to do a whole podcast episode (laughs) about everything I've learned about this but my by the way Lana
0: has a solo podcast called begin within yeah I highly recommend that
1: yeah thank you thank you um so my philosophy around it is to really embody the mindset of mastery. And this is something that I teach my coaching clients. It's this idea of approaching life through a performance mindset or a mastery mindset where performance, you're usually doing something in order to like achieve a like specific measurable outcome. So with Muay Thai, that would look like okay, well, like in one year, I want to have my first fight and I want to win. That would be like a performance-based goal. Whereas like a mastery-based goal is um, tied to this idea of consistent growth, um, always learning new things and always being open to becoming better at what you're doing than you currently are. And the cool thing is that when we actually when we approach our goals through this mastery mindset versus a performance mindset, the outcomes actually tend to be a lot better because we put less pressure on ourselves. We're comparing ourselves less to others, and comparison itself just takes up so much of our energy. So, Muay Thai for me has really taught me the the power of thinking in this way, where it's like each and every week I am only concerned with. Being better than last week. And I am not looking to compare myself to others. I'm just here to friggin' enjoy the process, to push my limits, to find out that working out in fitness can actually be really fun, and to like see where I'm at in a year. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's like, it's been such a beautiful journey. I don't think I've ever approached anything in my life through this lens. And it's just been like so, so incredibly rewarding so yeah the philosophy is just like enjoy it can focus on continued growth and improvement and just like be open
0: that's so awesome that's martial arts like that's one thing that martial arts philosophy is so special for is just instilling that lifelong student mindset like it's like you said like competition and being performance driven can really strip that away even in martial arts But that philosophy is so rich because you are, you always, there's always a bigger fish. You're never the best one at martial arts. And so that, that humility is built into the practice and there's a lot of probably universal with all martial arts.
1: There's a lot of humility. Yeah. I think with martial arts, like, especially if you're actually fighting, which I don't plan on doing, but if you're actually fighting, I imagine you would get humbled pretty quickly right (laughs) if you weren't already right because you're literally getting punched or choked if you're doing jujitsu and the thing that really surprised i don't know how long you've been in like the martial arts scene but the thing that like really surprised me about um martial artists and people who practice martial arts is just like how freaking chill they are like i always imagined they would be like i don't know these like meatheads with like big egos but they're super (laughs) chill super humble
0: Yeah, I expected the exact same thing. Like I walked into my first martial arts class ever when I was 25 and I was scared. I thought it was going to be like, I guess like how you'd imagine an MMA gym in a movie would be, you know, like really loud (laughs) metal music and everyone's mean, but yeah, it's like you can't believe how comfortable you are made in a gym. I would feel comfortable walking into any jujitsu gym in the world. And I know they would treat me so well. And even the tough guys, like even the guys who just got out of jail, who are training, they are as nice and will associate with communicate with the the mom who's there training with her kids. Yeah. It's like amazing how this community space forms in a martial arts gym and people from all walks of life, they come in humility to learn and they know there's no end to that learning. And um, jujitsu is unique because the competitors all train with the hobbyists. If you pay a membership oh. to a gym, you'll train with the guys who are going to worlds and ADCC. Oh. They don't have their separate training camps. Like they either run the gym or they're a black belt in a gym that has a public class. So um,
1: That's just so telling in and of itself. Like that yeah, it's, really sends the message that like this is an even playing field.
0: It is and it's um it well, it creates an amazing learning environment and just Um, It's very inspiring for hobbyists to feel like maybe I can do it. I get to train with them all the time. And with competing, Muay Thai is way harder to just be a hobbyist and compete. But with jiu-jitsu, as a hobbyist, you can show up and compete and you're not going to get knocked out or leave with blood all over your face, most (laughs) likely. Um, Everyone's running around like chickens with their heads cut off, screaming that the sky is falling. But if you and I were born 200, 400, or 1600 years ago... The chaos, disorientation, and confusion would still be there. There's nothing new under the sun. There's anything I've learned from reading history books. And it's the silent operators who know what they're doing here in life, in general, fulfilling their purpose still, getting all the health, wealth, love, and happiness that's offered in this world today, right now. See, the world's not going to end today. You're not going to die today, but the clock is ticking. So what are you going to do to make sure that you get yours See, only you can save you, and only you can determine why you're really here. This life is a one-player game. No one else is going to be able to save you. So, how are you going to get your health, wealth, love, and happiness? How are you going to squeeze every last drop of existential potential out of this life for you? You might not feel connected to the universe. You might not feel like you have a divine purpose here, but you must Want to squeeze every last drop of potential out of your life before you die? And if you do, then I recommend you go to deathmastery.com right now and join the next spiritual fitness camp. This is a concrete way to level up your spirit for you. Self-transformation through active meditation and writing. Because no one knows what you're going through. No one knows why you're here. But God, the universe, the source, the divine intelligence, whatever you want to call it, this game is between the two of you. There's other spiritual fitness athletes in the community right now designing their life, clarifying their self image, and building a concrete roadmap to fulfill their existential potential in this lifetime. Go to deathmastery.com right now and sign yourself up for the next one. They're one week long meditation and writing camps designed to help clarify your life and give you supernatural momentum towards your ultimate goals. Whatever that is for you, health, wealth, love, and happiness. Ultimately, dying like a hero going home. Forget all this nonsense going on in the news, in social media, entertainment. It's all here as an illusion to distract you. That's a part of the game. Are you ready to level up? Wake up from this shit. Quit playing around. Go to deathmastery.com right now. Use code GODXP20 and get 20% off your next camp. I'll see you on the other side. Leave with blood all over your face, most likely. <laughs> um But uh, yeah, so for that reason, I'd also like to say that when I first started, I had the exact same mindset that you had, like, I'm just going to commit my whole life to this and, and focus on how I'm doing five or 10 years from now. And I noticed that wasn't everyone's mood, like six or eight months in, I was like, like people were being really hard on me about like, you couldn't do that in a competition. And I realized that people were competing at this like six months in, like I didn't even, I didn't even think that hobbyists were trying to compete and stuff. And, uh, so a year passes, two years, pa- two years passed, and I still really hadn't competed or cared about competing. I did it like once. And once I started to compete, that's when I, um, like I was always obsessed. I was always in the gym. But that obsession became negative when I started to compete. Like I would uh, stop showing up to the gym for months at a time, like out of nowhere, just because I was hard on myself or um, I would really obsess and sacrifice a lot in my life to be in the gym, like if I was a competitive athlete and that came out of nowhere also. And uh, I didn't realize that was happening. Actually, like looking back on it now that you said it, like I can see how even after my last competition, how I didn't need to stop training, but I was so emotionally exhausted from competing and the um, pressure I was putting like on myself to, I don't know, I guess shape my identity in a way, reach an ideal in a way that I just had to take a break because I was fatigued emotionally. That didn't well, need to be the case either.
1: Well, what a perfect example of, it sounds like you started your journey with jujitsu from this mastery mindset, what I was just sharing about, and it started shifting into a more of a performance mindset and you became much more concerned about the outcomes. And that I love this example because that really shows when you make that shift into a performance-based mindset, that's when those energy leaks start to come in. And that's when those like destructive thoughts and those competitive thoughts start to take us out of the moment and being able to enjoy the process. And this is what I love about... Getting to the energetic level of how people are showing up and by energetic level, I just mean like the thoughts, the belief systems and the emotions that we feel on the inside, how powerful those are for determining the way that we actually show up, the actions we take and the results that we get. So that's why I love this example, because that just perfectly shows when your internal reality shifted, your external reality also shifted.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And my mindset might not have consciously shifted. Like I didn't think anything differently, but on the energetic level that was happening. And I might've still thought, oh, I'm doing this for life or, oh, I'm not worried about it. But in reality, the things that were on, on the subconscious level affecting me—they yeah. um, were going un, I was unaware of those things. So, so how? Tell me about how, like, you help clients with that through either cycles of change or with your core energy methodology.
1: Yeah. That's a good little segue because I, well, the cycle of change is a masterclass that I'm holding this Wednesday. So it's tomorrow. So it's probably going to be gone by the time people listen to this. But with core energy coaching, that's exactly what I do. We look at your core energy, thoughts, belief systems, and emotions, and the core of that, the root of that, where that's coming from, where that motivation is coming from, and how that influences the way that you show up. and. I actually work with a model of seven levels of energy and at level one, we have that victim consciousness where we just can't get a break from the world and everything is out to get us and everyone is out to get us all the way up to level seven, which I call creator consciousness where we are the gentle observer of the world. We are at complete ego transcendence. We realize the kind of illusion of everything, but we're also observing it, creating it and participating in all of it, all at the same time. And all of us are at different points on the scale of the seven levels of energy or consciousness throughout different times of our life, throughout different times in the day. But I really help my clients to bring awareness to their core energy, their energy levels in a really tangible way so that they can make decisions about, is this serving me or not? Hmm, It's not. Okay, well, how do I want to show up? what thoughts and belief systems would actually be supportive in getting me to where I want to go. So we kind of work with that. And it's a process whenever we're rewiring belief systems, but it is powerful work (laughs) and I'm Mm. obsessed with it.
0: That's so awesome. So like what, how would you, like, how do you define how that's the under your realization, your understanding of the seven levels of consciousness? Like how, would you quantify the change that it's had on you and impact in your own life?
1: I think for me and for my clients, like the feedback that I get from them is that it gives us a language and a terminology and a structure to understand our consciousness. It gives us a very tangible way to understand where we're operating from. And I even do something called the energy leadership index assessment, which actually gives you an assessment of your unique energy and your unique energetic profile under stress and under normal conditions. So we actually get like this metric that tells us where you tend to operate from. And once we learn this model, once we learn about the seven levels of energy, then we can increase our awareness around it. And awareness is always, I don't know, a large part of transformation. I was going to say 70% of the transformation, like awareness is the hardest thing to get to in a lot of ways, because we don't know what we don't know. Once we start to understand the world in a different way, and we start to understand why we do the things we do, we can start to ask questions like, where did this come from? Is this serving me? Is there another option here? And what the seven levels of energy tells us is that there are seven different ways to show up in any given situation. And we have the power to choose how we want to show up, but we can't choose if we're not even aware of it in the first place.
0: That sounds great. That's quite profound. Yeah, I, the 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 power and in, the power of awareness in our lives is so understated. Um, awareness itself determines what outcomes we get out of life. the The things that you are aware of are always going to be limited. And that's just because there's an infinite amount of things to be aware of at all times. And so the things that the ability to change, the ability to transform, all is in awareness. Without awareness, it is the tool. It is the key, the signal for transformation. Um, The questions that you ask are defined by the things that you pay attention to and the ans- the questions that you ask are the only answers that you will receive from life. And so by changing what you pay attention to, uh, you will ask better questions. And by asking better questions, you will get better answers out of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I would even go so far as to remove that judgment of like better questions or better answers. Sometimes it's just a matter of like, it's not even better or worse. It just is what it is in this given moment. And if we can come to a place of acceptance that we are always getting what we need at any given moment, that kind of like releases some of the pressure, lets the air out of the balloon. I always like to use that, that um, imagery with my clients. Like, How can we let some air out of the balloon and release some of that pressure? It's not good or bad. But let's come to a choice point of, is it serving me or is it not serving me? And I guess we can say like, if it's not serving you, it's bad. If it is, it's good. But every experience and everything can serve us if we're open to learning from it. So we can transform Mm -hmm. these like bad experiences or bad answers or bad questions into ones that do serve us. We just have to have that, that awareness that is possible and the mindset for growth.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you could give any advice to someone who's reached a dead end in their life, or they're at a point of um, asking these questions in life of themselves for the first time, what would you want them
1: to know? The thing that's coming to me immediately is the name of my podcast, Begin Within. Like start internally, examine your internal world, pay attention to your thoughts And then when you have an awareness of what your thoughts are, start asking yourself, where did these come from? Because a collection of thoughts and feelings about a certain thing is our belief system, right? And when we start to notice our belief systems and start to change them from that place, from that internal place, we will start creating external changes and shifts in our life. So that's what I do. That's what I preach. That's what I live is always begin within yourself. Stepping out of victim mentality, victim consciousness is huge for this. And coming to realize like, what if everything actually was working out in my favor? And like, what can I learn from this? That's a huge shift that everyone can make in any moment that completely mm-hmm. transforms our energy in the moment, right? Like, what can I learn from this?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's so true. So a couple of quick ones. What's next for the podcast? Like what is your guys' what is your vision for the next chapter of the show?
1: For modern psychedelics, we are wrapping up season two in just a few short weeks, and we will be back with season three sometime in the late fall early winter we're pretty chill (laughs) we like to do things when it feels right for us um but we definitely have some exciting plans for season three um we are going to be sharing about a very intimate plant medicine journey that we are that zoe and i are going to be going on together that's going to be a part of season three we're going to be bringing on some more incredible guests and just like on a back end what's next is just like continuously going back to the drawing board and revising our dream revising our mission revising our message and really honoring where we are both at and allowing the podcast and modern psychedelics to be a reflection of everything we are learning, everything we are going through and really like just, yeah, fine tuning that message. Like that's really important to me is to have a very potent and powerful message to share with people and like allowing that to be the invisible hand at play at the podcast.
0: And beside following the podcast and uh, beside the coaching and supporting you on social and all that, like what's another way that people who have people can help support your overall mission in life. Like how can someone get on the right track of supporting um your mission in life overall?
1: That's a really beautiful question. Um I think my mission in life is to expand my own consciousness and to help others to do the same. So to support that mission, I think anyone in the world can simply do that for themselves, expand their consciousness and awareness in a way that feels good and true to them. For some people that's sitting in plant medicine ceremonies, for some people that is um, going traveling, for some people that is volunteering their time, for some people that is reading scripture for some people. It's, I don't know, it looks so different for so many people and just like honoring whatever that looks like for ourselves so that we can continue to evolve as individuals, as a society, as a collective. That sounds like the fulfillment of my personal mission and one I'm sure that many of your listeners might share with me. So yeah, that's what I would say. How's that sound?
0: That's perfect. That's beautiful. That's exactly right. That's the right answer. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, totally agree, concur. That is my mission in life as well, to expand my own understanding of truth and self and to help others do the same. That's why I do the show and uh, it's such a privilege and honor and a blessing to meet someone else who is on a path of the self and of helping others, um, in their healing and in their onward trajectory toward love and light. And this has been amazing. I really appreciate this conversation, Lana.
1: Thank you, Anthony. The feeling is so mutual. This has been so great and I had a blast. And if anyone is listening, if you're thinking of trying martial arts, I hope Anthony and I convinced you to do so because it'll change (laughs) your life.
0: (laughs) That alone will save your life if you're in a bad place. Go to your nearest Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu gym. Yeah. (laughs) Lana, we'll we'll keep in touch and everyone follow Lana on Modern Psychedelic on social and uh, listen to the podcast and check out her coaching program. Let her know that we sent you. Till next time.
1: Bye. Thank you.